It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, Coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Wednesday, March the 14th, the new league year edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, free agency is officially underway as the ball has dropped on the league new year, and the Dolphins are off to the races with two big moves bolstering the wide receiver core. What do these moves mean for the future of the team? We'll discuss the vision and make sense of the beginning of the new league year so far. And what is the new short list at pick number 11 for the Dolphins? And what can we expect the next couple of free agent moves to be? But before any of that, I got to remind you guys, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review. Give me a follow on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at Lockdown Fins and check out the newly number one rated LockdownDolphins.com. Number one in the Lockdown Network for the blog portion sites. And of course, the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts like the Lockdown Heat podcast and Lockdown NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And before we get to the first item of the day on First Down on Lockdown Dolphins podcast, just want to go ahead and thank you guys once again for making LockdownDolphins.com the number one visited site on the Locked On Network. We have worked our butts off to get it that far. You guys are familiar with my film study pieces and everything I do in terms of analyzing the game, the roster, and just the Dolphins as a whole. And right now, my piece on Albert Wilson, his 2017 receptions chart is up. If you guys remember my pieces on Jarvis Landry, Jakeem Grant, Kenny Still, Devontae Parker, and Leonte Carew, I did the exact same thing for Albert Wilson. It's up there right now live on LockedOnDolphins.com. We have a new news feed we're starting to do is Jason Harina is just knocking it out of the park, getting our news items posted. So big thanks to Jason. You can follow him on at Miami D Punks. It's at Miami D P U N X. So give him a follow and big thanks to him for doing all that stuff for us. But we have more to get to on the show and I want to apologize again for my sore throat, my lack of voice here. I've been battling a bit of a cold here, whatever you want to call it for a couple of days. I'm trying to soldier through, but we have lots of items to get to. And you guys know I wouldn't dream of missing a podcast during this very, very big week in the National Football League. So let's go ahead and get to the first down topic on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. And the lead of the day breaking the huddle here on first down is, of course, Albert Wilson, as well as Danny Amendola. The former Chief and former Patriots sign new contracts to come down to Miami and play for the Dolphins. Albert Wilson gets $24 million over three years, and Danny Amendola gets two years for $12 million. So... The Amendola deal is a bit of a bargain. I think that that's about what he was getting in New England every single year when he would test the market and then coming back to the Patriots and they would give him a short-term cheap deal. And he comes to Miami and brings a little bit of veteran leadership, a guy that's going to be in the playbook, that's going to be in the right spots all the time. So he comes down to Miami and gives him another slot receiver, another diminutive, shifty guy that can win at the line of scrimmage quickly. And Albert Wilson, he is... I didn't really know much about him. I had watched him a few times in Kansas City. I obviously saw him have that 3-for-36, I believe, game it was last year on Christmas Eve against the Dolphins when the Chiefs beat the Dolphins 27-13. to But 
You go over his film, go to LockedOnDolphins.com for the Albert Wilson 2017 receptions chart. It's up there right now. You guys can read that, see his receptions chart. Obviously, at Lee Top Landing, doing a great job of getting those graphics done for me as soon as I possibly request them. Amazing job by him there as well. Everything you want to know about him, his pre-snap alignment, his yard after catch average, broken tackle amount, just everything about him, I, I go ahead and chart that. I'm getting pretty used to doing that now, as he is my sixth project I have done, so getting pretty familiar with doing that. And I just love what I saw in terms of the fire and energy he brings. He looks like Jarvis Landry, man. He does. He The way he catches the football and gets up the field, there's not as much dancing. There's not as much moving around east and west, and he does it a little bit, but he breaks so many down tackles that it's, it's worth it. And he's averaging 7.7 yards after the catch. He was simply a role player in Kansas City, and you can understand why being behind guys like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and now Kareem Hunt. He is obviously one of the lower options on that totem pole there, but that doesn't mean he wasn't a good player. And the the Chiefs obviously had a desire to go out and get someone like Sammy Watkins, who they signed today as well. And that's why he didn't come back. They had too much money invested into the position as it was with Sammy Watkins coming in. So they let him walk. And I wonder how much of that is him wanting to go back home because he is actually from Port St. Lucie. So a local kid comes back to Miami, $24 million over three years. And I am certain that once you guys get a look at him in a Dolphins uniform, you're going to absolutely love him, the way he plays the game. He's actually quite a bit like Jarvis Landry in the sense that he catches a lot of balls near the line of scrimmage and he can make guys miss after he does that. And he also has a 4.35 40-yard dash in his back pocket to burn. And if you actually take a look at his numbers, he wasn't a high target guy, obviously. only had 62 targets over 16 games for the Kansas City Chiefs, a lot of those coming on the final day of the year when he was actually the number one receiver when they went to their backups with Patrick Mahomes getting the start. He had 10 catches in that game. But his 62 targets, he averaged 8.93 yards per target, almost three yards better than Jarvis Landry. If you extrapolate those numbers, over the course of 161 targets, which is what Jarvis Landry got, he'd be a 1,400-yard receiver. I know that's not a fair game to play because obviously Landry's the feature guy, but just kind of gives you an idea of what type of efficiency he offers. And speaking of efficiency, he was also eighth in the NFL at converting his catches into first downs. 32 out of the 42, 76.2% of his catches moved the sticks. And then Danny Amendola was at 65.5%, and he was at 31st in the NFL. So the Dolphins have a bunch of guys that are slot receivers that can get in and out of breaks. We talked about it already. They can win off the line of scrimmage quickly and get into their routes quickly and be where they're supposed to be and give Ryan Tannehill a quick option, kind of mitigate some of the stuff that has plagued Ryan Tannehill in the past, whether it's you know bad pass protection. They're now going to mitigate some of that and, and give him a better opportunity to have the ball out of his hands quicker and more clean pockets. And there's also obviously a real concerted effort to help the defense stay off the field because the Dolphins are one of the higher frequently three and out offenses in the league last year. We saw them play very well through the first six games of the year. And then after that, the collapse just came off of a huge cliff. And I think that defense is starting to get worn out after being on the field all the time with all those three and outs. Now the Dolphins can help move the change. They have an accurate quarterback throwing to these guys that can win early. So it should be a really fun change in the offense, something we're not used to seeing with more speed and explosion and, and more quick passing, rhythm passing type of game. And obviously they can sneak in the, sneak in the deep shots too with Jakeem Grant and Kenny Still still in the fold. So I'm excited about that. And then also about just the value of these contracts on the market and kind of how I think they probably saw Danny Amendola available for you know $6 million a year, which is a, a bargain these days for receivers. We just saw Allen Robinson get $16 million. Jarvis Landry is playing on a $16 million deal. Danny Amendola is a competitor and a guy that can win you know down in the red zone, third down, you know, in short areas and you see him available for that price. Well, let's go ahead and adjust our offensive philosophy and go towards more receivers, maybe substitute for less tight ends on the field. And I think that's probably what happened with Danny Amendola as well as Albert Wilson. They see these guys they can get for cheaper contracts and they can kind of flush out some of the crap on the offense that made them so bad. I mean, everyone's mad about Jarvis Landry and Jay Ajayi being gone, but the Dolphins were like the 31st best offense in the NFL last year. And obviously that had a lot to do with Jay Cutler, but 
you know, you got to flush out some of the some of the players that are contributing to that as well. And so the Dolphins figured that, that those were some of the guys that were doing that and, and their best players weren't elevating the game at all. So let's go ahead and make that change, build a team around the quarterback and get back and, and have a new receiver crew and, and go forward with a new offense in 2018. Now, what does this mean for Devontae Parker and Leontae Carew? I, I think it means Leontae Carew is done in Miami. I, it's a, it was a mistake draft pick, uh, trading up all those picks to go get him. But Adam Gase talked poorly about him at the scouting combine, and now this happens. There's no way he makes it onto the roster this year. Devontae Parker, on the other hand, I think, I don't know what he is right now. On my board, you guys all saw the color coordinator board on Twitter, at Wingfield NFL. I have him in red right now, and that means 25% of the snaps are fewer or cut. And that's just because I think that Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, Danny Amendola, and Jakeem Grant are all better players than he is. So... He'll have a chance to earn his shot in camp. Obviously, he's on a cheap deal right now still. Next year is the fifth-year option for, I believe, it would be like $15 million to bring him back on a one-year deal. Maybe it's like $10 million. I'm not sure. I'll check on that for you guys and get it corrected on tomorrow's show. But his option definitely makes a huge increase in pay. And if it's a guy that, you know, he hasn't been able to get himself on the field, hasn't been prepared to play, they talked about how, I believe with Simon Clancy talked about how he hasn't had a diet plan or a meal plan in place for three years and he just now got it figured out so are the Dolphins maybe done kind of holding his hand and and walking him through all these steps that it takes to become a professional and become a great NFL player I would just cut bait on that if you can I mean you keep on the roster this year it's no big deal because he's cheap but after that he's not gonna be long for the roster so we'll see if he gets moved if he does it'd probably be on draft day I would imagine or maybe in training camp sometimes you move him on or sometime in training camp move on from him for a mid-round late round draft pick in 2019 we'll see what happens but I, you know, there's obviously a clear shift in philosophy on offense. The Dolphins are approaching that aggressively so far as we are on day one of free agency and there is still a lot more work to be done. And we'll dive into more of that Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I briefly dipped my toe into the water in terms of talking about the vision on this offense and on this team. And if you go on Twitter right now, you'll see a bunch of national media guys complaining about the Dolphins not having, or not complaining, but just saying, what are the Dolphins doing? What's their plan? You know, it's okay that those guys don't understand. I don't really trust... 90% of those guys anyway, but you can see there's a clear vision to surround Ryan Tannehill with pieces via the free agent market. And what I mean by that is the fact that he has always excelled with slot receivers. So when you see he loses Jarvis Landry and we're worried about that, what are they going to do? They go out and they get Albert Wilson, who has as much upside at that position as anybody in the NFL, and Danny Amendola, who is as proven in that position as anybody else in the NFL as well. So I'd imagine they're not done doing that. They could be looking at running backs with a little bit more speed and versatility in the passing game as well. Deion Lewis, another name that comes to mind. And then hopefully a left guard is in play. I saw a text today, I believe it was Anthony Steen had sent someone a text, someone that knows him on Twitter, 
and they, his text said the Dolphins are going to, quote, sign a big name, end quote, and that Anthony Steen is done with the Dolphins. So if that's the case, we'll see what happens. We've talked about all the left guard options the Dolphins have available for them. It is a packed left guard class, but with Andrew Norwell setting the market so high and some of the other guys going off the market with high contracts, We'll see what Miami does there. I doubt they're going to spend big money on it, but they could definitely sign someone to start. And then they have their starting offensive line. So you have an offensive line that is a great pass-protecting line. Not great, but it's very good. Laramie Tunzel is better in pass protection than he is in run the game. Mike Pouncey definitely fits that mold. Jesse Davis, I think, is good at both. And then right tackle Jawan James, who is back, and we'll talk about that later. Back with the Dolphins at his $9.3 million figure is a better pass protector than he has run blocker too. So they have that in peace. They have given Ryan Tannehill a plethora of options to throw the ball quickly up the seam between the numbers where he excels the best. You know, some of his best throws in his career came on either slot receivers or tight ends carrying that that route up the seam, whether it's up the hash mark or between the numbers and the hash mark kind of in that no man's land in the football field between the safeties and the corners and the linebacker alike. And they kind of take that linebacker up the seam there and they catch he, they can catch the ball off the top of that linebacker's head underneath the safety. That's one of Tannehill's best throws. And it has been that way going back to his rookie year in 2012. So you can kind of see the idea there. They're adding a bunch of speed to the offense and guys that will be in the right place at the right time and can win at the line of scrimmage immediately rather than having to get off of press, get off of jams. And some of these guys, Albert Wilson particularly, as well as Danny Amendola, some of the things they do best is run from these bunched or stacked groupings. And what that means is they have a receiver that's either right in front of them or directly adjacent to them, like lined up in the same area on the offense pre-snap. So you have that flexibility to kind of move those guys around, play tight, play out wide, plus split, minus split, nasty split in the backfield. Wrinkles in the offense. We saw it with that game against the Patriots on Monday night. Albert Wilson's great at those shovel passes coming across on jet sweeps. We all know what Jakeem Grant can do with that. You can flex out Kenyon Drake and run passing routes with him. I am just, I think it's exciting. I think there's lots of new options and new blood and guys that can execute Adam Gaze's scheme better. And we've been hearing on Twitter about Adam Gaze not being this genius he was touted to be, quote unquote, for so long. But I think it has more to do with guys that aren't willing to execute his scheme the way he wants it to. So he's going to go ahead and get in here, and he's going to say, I'm going to fail with my guys. I'm not going to fail by being forced to feed Jarvis Landry 160 targets a year. I am not going to be forced to run outside zone exclusively with JHI. I'm going to get the guys that can do things the right way. They can be adaptable and amenable, and we're going to win as a team with chemistry and guys are doing the right things outside of the building. So I'm excited about that. He has said before that this is a game that's played within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage and a game that is played within two and a half seconds of the snap. So he doesn't value guards as much. So rather than going out and shopping on guards, let's get guys that can win routes early and just move the chains, keep the offense on the field, and then big splash plays will come. Like I said, we have three guys that are sub 4 440 yard dashes. Jakeem Grant, Kenny Stills, two of the most efficient deep threats in the league, and now Albert Wilson had a couple of big plays last year as well. Those splash plays in 2016, they were there. Ryan Tannehill had some huge pass plays, some huge passing touchdowns in 2016, completely gone in 2017. I think the number was... On Tannehill's touchdown passes, they averaged a total of 23 yards per pass. On Cutler's touchdown passes, it was like an average of 10 yards per pass. So the big passing play is coming back with more speed. And here we go. Let's let's see what they can do. But there does remain one area that I'm a little bit concerned about still, and that is, of course, the tight end. I think they're still going to plan on signing somebody. I, I like saying still, as in that they're not going to do it or haven't done it. There's one day. It's not even one day into free agency yet, but it's still a question mark for me. I think the the class kind of got dried up a little bit with with uh Jimmy Graham as well as Trey Burton going off the market early and their their prices were way too high for the Dolphins to even consider. So 
my favorite option, I've talked about him on the podcast, on Twitter, everywhere you guys see me, I've talked about him before, Jalen Samuels, the running back tight end slash H-back guy from North Carolina State. He can do everything, and he'd be a fantastic option to kind of fit into what Charles Clay used to be. Maybe not quite as explosive in the passing game, but gives you an option in the running game, some of that jet sweep stuff. An excellent, excellent option. And then also a tight end at pick 42 seems to be a really good spot to get one. I've talked about it before. Mark Andrews, Mike Gusecki, Dallas Godert, all those guys that aren't quite first round prospects, but could fall into that second round and be, you know, day one starters for the Dolphins in the second round. So that's the hope. I see a vision, build this offense around Ryan Tannehill, then go crazy on the draft on the defensive side of the football and kind of get this young core built around on defense. Because right now you have so many guys, we talked about it a million times. I love Devon Gotcha. Jordan Phillips has had his flashes of brilliance, really good down the stretch last year. Vincent Taylor played really well in limited snaps last year. Charles Harris, Robert Quinn's only going to be 28 years old at the start of the season. You still have Bobby McCain, Xavier Howard, Cordray Tankersley, Rashad Jones is still back there. Rayquan McMillan comes back, a good young nucleus, and keep on drafting and building young guys into that core, and then you can be ready to really take that defense to the next level in a year or two. So that's the long-term vision and the short-term vision. That's how I see it. That's kind of playing the optimist role. You know, it might not work. I've said it before. It might not work, but you can see where the plan is to go ahead and get Ryan Tannehill surrounded and then build this defense up. So we have a little bit more to get to here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast as well as LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one rated site on the Locked On Network, at Wingfield NFL on Twitter, and the show at Locked On Fins. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And just to close up shop here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, Wednesday, March the 14th edition, the new league year has begun and the Dolphins have already begun wheeling and dealing. If you didn't hear off the top of the show, we already have Albert Wilson in-house as well as Danny Amendola, but the Dolphins also announced that Jawan James is going to be back at his one-year $9.3 million deal. The Dolphins offered him an extension hoping to get him redone, and I think they probably wanted to do that to lower the cap hit this year, but also keep a right tackle that has been a pretty good player the last couple of years, quote, when healthy, end quote and get him in line to be the right tackle for the foreseeable future. Hopefully he can stay healthy going forward, but it just gives you less turnover on the offensive line, something they're going to have to do to protect Ryan Tannehill in the passing game and make sure he does not get banged up any more than he is. So Jawan James is back, and they also re-signed special teams ace Walt Akins. He gets a second contract with the team, makes it through the first contract as a rookie with the Miami Dolphins and comes back and he will be with the Dolphins once again in 2018 and beyond. And we have one last segment I want to get to here in the podcast before I duck out for the night. And that is updating my short list at draft pick number 11. I know you guys love how fluid this has been and how changing it has seemed to have been over the course of the last couple of months. We've been changing our picks, you know, pretty frequently here on the podcast, but 
Obviously, the Indama Kinsu news shakes things up a little bit, but it doesn't change the very top of the board. I am sticking with Derwin James and Mika Fitzpatrick at the top, but the next faction below that has changed. For a while, I have been on team linebacker there, possibly even Calvin Ridley, but obviously Calvin Ridley is off the board now with the Dolphins wide receiver signings, but position that is now wide open to me is defensive tackle because there are two guys that fit in the mold of being worthy of that pick one in particular in my opinion possibly even trade back options so Vita Vey the defensive tackle from the University of Washington absolutely wrecked my Washington State Cougars in the Apple Cup and ruined the season for them there a chance to go to the Pac-12 championship game and the Rose Bowl I'll cry about that more on my own off air on the podcast here but he is just so dominant as a pass rusher, something the Dolphins absolutely have to have as an interior pass rusher to make up for what they lost in Dominick and Sue, but also maybe even give you more. And then Deron Payne from Alabama, the reports are that Chris Greer loves Deron Payne, and they kind of I've seen him compared to Dominick and Sue on some of the uh, you know player comps they have done in terms of what the draft experts say. So all this talk about the quarterback to me is them doing their part to get four quarterbacks to go in the top 10 and to have them drop some of the guys on defense into the lap. So if you have four quarterbacks, let's say Quentin Nelson and Saquon Barkley, that's six guys. So you now have four more guys to go off the board. So that gives you a crack at one of the top five defenders in the draft. Probably not going to be Bradley Chubb. In my opinion, not going to be Mika Fitzpatrick. So you're looking at one of those D tackles, one of the linebackers, one of the, maybe the corners you want to look at, whoever it is, Dolphins figure to get a good defensive player falling into the lap. And I think that's part of this entire thing, the entire smokescreen talking about quarterbacks, because all the reports we've heard so far, did anyone hear anything about Albert Wilson, Robert Quinn, or Danny Amendola? I didn't hear a damn thing about either of those three guys. So the Dolphins are being more tight-lipped this year than it seems they have been in the past. So I think that the Baker Mayfield thing is completely smoke and mirrors. At least I hope it is because the way they're building this offense around Ryan Tannehill has me excited because you guys know I'm a big Tannehill fan and think that he can get it done at a big time level. So defense gets a solid young core offense comes around this year with some more speed on the field and it could be a winning formula or it could completely blow up in their faces. We will have to wait and see, but I know one thing for sure. It looks like offensive tackle and wide receiver either entirely off the board or at least very low on the priorities. I know I removed the both positions off the board for the dolphins at DraftTech.com, but nonetheless, that's going to do it for tonight's podcast guys. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review and check out the other Locked On Sports podcast for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fans. Follow our flagship show on Twitter as well as Facebook at Locked On NFL. And check out the number one rated site on the Locked On Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. I'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. In the tongue, understood, I know can it be that I hear what he's saying? Is there a reason why I'm still awake? He says, I'm not your return. In a blood book or the railroad track, you see, I know you're And I said, you've got to listen. I'm a songbird with a brand new track, you Members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.